I'm William Steber, and this is a Friday Live Podcast Extra. Let's chat with David Herskowitz, founder and artistic director of Target Mar- Margin Theater. They're the uh, uh, company coming in and performing at the Interdisciplinary Arts Symposium uh, coming up next weekend at the LEAD Center on the Lincoln City campus. David, thank you for dropping by this morning. My pleasure. Lovely to see you. So, Dinner Party and The Argument, those are the two kind of, uh, it's a double bill. Right. Two, two, it's a double bill, but I believe strongly that they add up to a single thing that's greater than the sum uh, of the parts. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as Rhonda and I have been talking about, the uh, topic for this year's symposium is the ancient world seen through modern eyes, and these two pieces are perfect for that because... You're kind of uh, bringing together the old world and the new. Exactly. I mean, in a way, the most basic artistic decision that we made in addressing this material is to really put it into our own world, our language, our relationships, our our scene, our situation, the context of today and now. And that, of course, is an exercise in translation, but it's also a tribute to the depth and the resilience of the material. Right. You, so you, you, you start off with two works from the ancient times, Aristotle yep. and Plato. So talk about the specific uh, pr- uh, pieces and how they relate to, to a- the, the original material. Absolutely. So the, the symposium is... Um, is a is where I started, and what you have is a philosophical dialogue that both is like a play and not like a play, <laughs> right? It's people talking, they're having dinner, they're getting drunk, they're falling in love, they're fighting with each other, all kinds of juicy stuff happens. But there's all this philosophy along the way. <laughs> How the heck you are we going to do that? You have to have sex in order to make philosophy Exactly. That's the beauty of it. That's right. And that's what the theater can do. <laughs> philosophy through sex. No, it's no, it's better than a lecture. Believe me. <laughs> Much better. Uh, <laughs> um, and, and what I wanted to do was say, look, this stuff is relevant today. Let's reinvent it. The, so the process became really sitting in a room, and we had residencies and made other trips to different venues to do this, sitting in a room, reading the material, and really just improvising it in our own words, wow. putting it into our own language, reinventing the situations, translating. There are no Greek names. There's no all of the ancient context is gone. It's contemporary names. It's instead of Agathon, who's won first prize at the festival in Athens in the 5th century, it's uh, it's Hannah who won an Obi for her play in New York, you know, and and so on and so forth. Now, of course, my... That's, bo- still, that's still a little inside for a lot of people. Well, a lot of this, people don't know o- what Obis are. That's right. No, I'm glad you're saying that. It's a challenge because I really, really believe this work is for anybody, for everybody. You don't have to know. You don't have to be inside. You really don't. And that's part of the idea of of setting it today is to say it's a bunch of people, people like we know, talking about love, love just as we know it, all the different relationships and the personalities and all those things. Mm -hmm. And that that is, in truth, at the heart of what Plato is getting at and is will lead us back to the Platonic dialogue and to the philosophy. And that is the paradox that I really believe that by making this so contemporary, what we are creating really is a more faithful translation. Uh, that's what was my next question. If you're improvising and making your own new work, how does that relate to the source material? Why why bother going back to and, it? And the challenge of making it was to create something that was improvised but also intensely structured. So we what we had to do was read the material in the original, 
different translations and even look at the Greek, which we did, and make sure that we understood it. And then we could express it in our own words. But we agreed that we were going to make certain points and structure it in a certain way, and that is consistent. So the performance of the play is really like jazz. You've got a structure, a set of harmonies and changes that's set and stable, and you need to master that, and then you can really riff on it. Uh-huh. So are there improvisatory sections in, yes. the, in the actual production? Al- almost all of it is improvised, uh-huh. and every single moment is also structured. What's improvised is the precise language that we use. So you and I agree, we're going to have a scene, and in this part of the symposium, we have a little fight about X, Y, and Z, and then you make an argument about love, and you mention three major points. So we've got to do that. We have to hit those marks. We have to have a little fight. We have to flirt a little bit. I insult your cooking. You say I'm too drunk, and then I make those three philosophical arguments about love. But every night, we're going to do them with slightly different words. Interesting. So the language is always completely contemporary. It's so contemporary, it's right now. <laughs> but as you said, you're you're being true to the original material because you're you're having this kind of rhetorical, logical structure. Uh, exactly. That the and one of the things it would be easy just to say, who cares about the symposium? Let's just improvise. And you can make a play that way, but to me, the challenge would be to say, let's make something really fresh and new, but let's really know this work so we can represent it. Mm-hmm. And that is going to be our roundabout way to make the symposium here today alive. That sounds so cool. It is cool, man. <laughs> it's cool, dude. And uh, so talk about the kind of the differences between Aristotle and Plato as it, as it relates to well, the production. And, and the productions reflect that difference. As we were working on this, one of the company members with Target Margin is an actor who also writes his own plays, and he was working on a monologue that was based on Aristotle. And I said, wow, that's interesting. Show me that. And the fit couldn't be more perfect. Aristotle, of course, essentially was a lecturer. He didn't write dialogues. He gave lectures. And what survives of of Aristotle is a record of those lectures. He was the student of Plato. And in writing the poetics, what he is dealing with in part is the fact that Plato, in his Republic famously, rejected poetry drama, and so on, right, seems to be opposed to those things. And Aristotle, in his lecture, is trying to reclaim them in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Now, what's interesting is, of course, did Plato really reject them? Because in his work, there's a lot of other stuff that sure seems to love poetry, (laughs) drama, and the arts. So I don't know. You know, those philosophers, they're all hypocrites. They're all contradicting themselves (laughs) all the time, just like anybody interesting. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That's the way it should be. And so what you get is the student of one teacher thinking back on his teacher and trying to come to terms with what those dialogues were and how he can create his own version of of drama and tragedy. The beauty of the argument, David Greenspan's monologue, is that it's a solo piece and he talks about the arts and it leads him back into a memory of Plato writing the symposium. So it comes full circle, and he closes by realizing that his thinking about drama and the way Plato wrote his philosophy are all driven by the same concerns and circle back together. So mm. it's in the end, at the end, that's why I say it's more than the sum of the parts. You, when you get to the end of David's monologue, having seen the, the symposium before it, 
it's it, it's just especially beautiful. It just makes me tingle every time, really. So because m- much of the material is improvised, do you come to different conclusions at different, at different ni- or different uh, no, performances? No, because it really is structured. Like we've agreed, you know, there it, it, we will. There are certain note marks that need to be hit. I mean, we're, I do feel like I feel a responsibility to the source material, right? And I and I also, as an artistic matter, that discipline, that limitation is fruitful. Mm-hmm. If it were an unstructured improvisation, as an artist, that's much less interesting to me. What's interesting is to have to improvise and also live within this structure. So you can never come to like an existential conclusion. Exactly. Like I want, amazingly, I think people should come to this play who know nothing about Plato and don't give a damn. (laughs) And at the end of it, they actually will have an understanding of Plato, even if they don't realize it. Very, very cool. So in the end, is it a matter of... Uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Well, brother, ain't it always the way? I mean, sure, you know, hey, guess what? It's, you know, in 405 uh, AD, BC, BC. No, wait, when was the symposium written? Even slightly later. Right around then, in the in 5th century Athens, people are getting drunk, falling in love, arguing and disputing the same things that we're doing today Mm -hmm. and you can have that conversation and it is the same conversation and that's the beautiful thing about bringing this kind of work back back into the present so i want to ask is it a beautiful thing or is it a trap is Uh, it is it a prison well if we're having these same conversations over and over again you know that's an interesting question i mean Oh, that's an interesting question, oh, Socrates. Um, uh, You know, I think it is potentially a trap. Like, are we just doomed to repeat these things and are we going nowhere? Ultimately, your question is, look, do we have a teleological view of history? Are we getting somewhere or are we just churning through the same stuff and, you know, trying to... Relearning things over and over and over again. And, you know... My personal answer to that question is, look, first of all, who knows? Who the hell knows, (laughs) right? But my personal answer is that the task of the creative artist is to celebrate that cycle and, and, and sing in those chains Mm. if it's a prison. (laughs) <laughs> and that somehow, miraculously, that is the way that life becomes worth living and richer. And enlightenment comes, you know, and philosophical learning comes. Right. And it's so it's not where you are. It's how you perceive where you are or how well, you how you respond to, that's right. to it. I mean, I don't want to go, to, you know, totally down the road of of um, that kind of, you know, John Lockean uh, perception-based thinking about what what being is. Um, I I don't know if I could do that, but but um yes, that's right. We are. I think it's more. It is more a matter of letting go of that and saying, look, I I don't know if we're making progress. I don't know if we're in prison. But if we're in prison, or to put it in Plato's terms, if we're locked here in the cave, then. Part of the challenge is to still celebrate those shadows and try to make something new and that way ascend out of this cave, at least in our mind, at least in our interaction, at least in what we can make of the world, Mm -hmm. and somehow discover that 
the world that we live in is shot through with transcendence and possibility and beauty. And in making a play, that's precisely what I'm interested in doing. And forgive me for getting so abstract, but really what I'm interested in doing is creating a little version of the world that is as exciting and vivid and shot through with transcendence as you and I believe the world ought to be every second. Some heady stuff in a very accessible way. Thanks to the Target Margin Theater and their productions coming up at the Leeds Center, uh, part of the Interdisciplinary Arts Symposium. Uh, Let's see, uh, April 23rd and 24th, a 7 o'clock show, a double bill performance featuring the Target Margin Theater, headed up by David Herskowitz. David, thank you so much for talking with us. Thank you so much. It's a delight. I'm William Stieber, and this has been a Friday Live Podcast Extra.